Hey guys, welcome to the Big Blue United podcast. My name is TJ. I'm here with Colin tonight. Dan is, what is Dan doing? Business. Dan's, uh, he's, business. He's, uh, he's all about that business, that business. He's just uh, doing some business somewhere. Can't be involved with us, apparently. But we've yeah. been, had a little hiatus here, but it's good to be back. Talking about the Giants, we have a few things to, to, to go over today. Uh, Saquon Barkley, maybe talk a little training camp and uh, whatever else comes to mind. What's up, Colin? How you feeling? I'm I'm doing doing well. I think it's uh, it's come to that point of the year where I uh, football's sneaking up on me. It I is. think it, it all it happens right now, all the time, right before training camp's supposed to start, which is next week, uh, the 26th. Um, and the season's going to be here before you know it. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna be playing, you know, the Cowboys' first game of the season for the 120th time in the last five years, and. Uh, you know, gotta love how they schedule all that out. But they gotta uh, they gotta play them twice a year. Might as well, you know, be a fun one to start the season. Out. Ah, but it's been done. There's been it's just such a trope. You know, like I don't know. I said it. I probably said it in one of the last episodes when we were, you know, talking about the schedule. But I don't know. I feel like that dream scenario is the Jets' first game of the season. Would have been great. Mm. Well, I, I think that you know when you have the Giants and Dallas, both teams have huge fan bases, so it's just like a nice way to start the season out. Good ratings. Yeah, get I it guess going. So. I mean, yeah. whatever. They don't care about us, Colin. They only care about money. Oh, Roger Goodell. He's so close. I can punch him. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't mind him. I think he's fine. Who cares? He's just. He doesn't. He does a job. His job is to be hated, so the owners don't have to be. He's doing a great job. And and get paid forty four million dollars a year or whatever. Yeah, that's absurd. Honestly, where's the salary cap on that? He probably said it himself. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> How are you doing? More importantly. Oh. I'm good. I've just been, um, you know, my wife and my daughter have been away for a week and a half now. So I've just been a total piece of shit. Uh, it's been awesome. Why didn't you go just because of work? Yeah, I got too much stuff to do at work. And, I, you know, thank God I had a little, you know, crisis over the weekend. So I'm happy I didn't end up going because, you know, someone's got to work. Yeah. I, no one, I wish no it wasn't want, me. Yeah. No, 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 these, no these kids. None of these kids want to work anymore. <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I've just been uh, hanging out. I think I, I've watched uh, most of this. Uh, I've watched the first six Star Wars movies. I'm going to finish the other three after this is over. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. Good. And playing and playing Zelda. That's good. about it. Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, speaking of Zelda, I keep hearing how good that new game is. I didn't play the last one because everything's on Switch. I don't have Switch. So I, I can't, you know, I, I don't know. I can't justify getting it. Uh, I have the Xbox and I don't. I don't play it often enough to warrant getting another system. Although the handheld aspect of things, I feel like I would play it more probably. I mean, I bought it right before uh, Riley was born because I knew I wasn't going to have time to sit on front of my TV and play Xbox. So I, you know, when she was an infant, I would just kind of strap her to my chest in a blanket, lay down or just play switch. It was pretty dope. You know, it was helpful at the time. And then, you know, now I get to play the new Zelda game, which is very good, but you should, you should pick it up. You know, I know I should. You'll play it because it's handheld. I'm telling you. I know, and I love Zelda. All those games are are, are my jam. So yeah, I know, of course. Um, well, yeah, let's get into some giant stuff. Um, as usual, you can follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, potentially Threads. Now, I don't, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but uh, and you can follow us at BBU Pod with the Z in the cesspool that is remaining of what Twitter used to be. <laughs> Should we do a Threads, Colin? I mean, I feel like the only way I'm gonna do it is if I. Do it for this. It's not going to be on my own accord. 
yeah, I just don't really need another social media thing. No. I don't know. It seems like, you know, we have to build up all the followers again. That seems like annoying. Yeah. And there's like all the people you already know on Giants Twitter. Do they and are they on Giants Threads now? What's Giants Threads? You know, I'm not sure. I've I've not even checked it out enough to know if uh, there's been a mass migration over there. Or all right, well, that's there. your homework for this week is to okay. figure out if um, there's Giants Threads. If if it's as uh, big as Giants Twitter used to be or is or I don't know. You know, Whatever. It, I hate as much social as, media anyway. As much as Twitter is a cesspool, I think the only the only place, the only section of Twitter that is somewhat still. I, I don't want to even say golden or, or uh, have any integrity is the sports section. And I only see that. I mean, there's a lot of idiots on there saying a lot of dumb stuff, but at least it's just sports for the most part. And I, I feel like that's like the one last holdout before it all, you know, devolves into whatever the hell it's become. Oh, you know, like Colin Kaepernick sort of conversations. Oh, well, no, I, I'm thinking when, when it's just the sport aspect yeah. of things. Yeah, well, that's that's what's that's ideal, you know. Yeah. But politics seeps in everything. Now I can't avoid it. Yeah, um, all right, Colin, let's talk about Saquon Barkley. Um, today was the deadline for him having to sign a long-term deal. He did not. Apparently, he will be skipping training camp. Colin, cares? Um, you know, I. I, I, I'm very happy. I do care very much, and it's because it only furthers the idea that we have by far the most competent GM that we've had in a very long time, and he was not going to back down. Uh, he clearly convinced John Mara to just you know, stay out of it because if he had anything to say about it, Saquon would have been signed a week ago. And I think uh, there must have been a conversation, a very frank conversation that, Shane was just like, we love the guy. We want him here. We want to re-sign him. But here's the market. And if we go anything further than that, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. And if, for a, a team that is uh, on the rise, hopefully, and getting better by the year and by the season, especially with this new staff, why set yourself back by signing a position that, as we've said many, many times, doesn't have the worth that it is uh, – that Saquon himself feels like he's deserving. And his you know, argument is that it's more than just being the running back. It's what I do for the team. It's what I do for this organization. And that's all good and fine. But you can't ignore the fact that it's the running back position. And you have someone like Miles Sanders getting, what was it, something silly like $6.8 million a year for the Panthers? Like, that's absurd. Why would Saquon deserve anything like grandiosely bigger than that? Like, it, does, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, you know, nonsensical to go that route. And frankly, I don't see him sitting out the season. I think he'd be a big fool, be a real big fool. Don't come to training camp. Enjoy your time away like you're Michael Strahan going into the 2007 season. Enjoy that. But you're going to be coming back and you're going to be playing games this fall, period. Or your, your career is potentially over. I completely agree with that assessment. I I think, you know, you have Saquon, if he doesn't report to training camp, he's going to be working out. He's going to be working hard. He's just that type of guy. So, you know, whether or not he plays this season, I think is kind of inconsequential, to be honest with you. Um, if you just kind of like, I'll go back to like what you said about Joe Shane to start is that I couldn't agree with you more is that this just makes me love him as a GM and props to John Mara for sticking to his guns. And when he hired this new regime and saying that he was going to let them make the football decisions, which 
this situation can prove that 100% at this point, if you didn't think so already. But, you know, there's no reason for the Giants to offer him a contract. You got to look around the league. You got to look what happened to Dalvin Cook getting cut. And my, my number one guy I want to compare him to is probably like the Austin Eckler deal, who is making exactly the same Miles Sanders, six and a half. And he had about 1,600 yards from scrimmage, 100 receptions, 18 touchdowns. Saquon didn't have that, you know, good production, especially not in the pass game, which I think is what elevates the running back to the next level. So if Eckler being that involved with the pass game, you know, 700 yards uh, through the air, um, yeah, 700 yards through the air, 100 receptions, you know, if he's getting 6 million, why is Saquon expecting to get anything beyond what, you know, the franchise tag would have been for the next two years? And if you look at his carries, he's been, you know, I think this year he's going to hit a thousand carries. He maybe has one to two more productive years in him. So why would you go out if you're Joe Shane and give him any more than the 22 million that the, the franchise tag allots you for the next two seasons? Um, I, I like, you know, I get it. He's the face of the franchise and people like him. You know, he sells tickets. He's good in the locker room. But at the end of the day, it's like this sets us up for greater chance of success in the future than it would be signing him to some sort of, you know, Ezekiel Elliott type deal, which, you know, you can look back on and say was probably the, the, the final straw for running back contracts in the NFL. So, you know, running backs can thank Jerry Jones and Ezekiel Elliott for their non-market essentially now. But, you know, if Saquon doesn't play this year, it's a huge, huge mistake on his part and the Giants can move on. And there's people out there, you know, I, I think I texted you earlier today. How much do you think Dalvin Cook would cost in a one-year deal? Well, the fact that he's floating out there without a job, he's probably pretty desperate to get on a team right now. You'd imagine he's a guy in his prime too. You know, he's he's had 500,000 five, 500, five thousand yard seasons in a row. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I, what kind of bothers me, and and I, it's just a tone thing, and maybe I I read too much into it. But the 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 tweet from Saquon at about three fifty four today saying it is what it is. It just screams to me that he is unrealistic about this entire situation. Yeah. It is not even on Joe Shane. Look at the market. The market that dictates what you should be deserved. And anybody who's willing to pay way over that is being a fool. So if you're going to take this personally and think that this is a, you know, an affront and that like anybody who's been leaking stuff in the media, like who knows? Yeah. Was the, the front office maybe doing some, some of that? Yes. But that's part of it. That's all part of it. They have the leverage and they're going to be doing that to help them out. I don't know. I, I, I'm so curious to know when it all is said and done, what the difference was, uh, if it ever comes out, what the gap was between, because I, I read somewhere that it was, it was very close. Like there was one or two things, stipulations in the contract that they just couldn't agree on. And it was probably something over guaranteed money. I would imagine. I mean, I would, I would bet it was number one was guaranteed money. He wanted more than what the franchise was going to give him. I think, you know, I read a report that they ended up, you know, offering him close to that or slightly above it, whether or not that's true or not, who knows. And I think, I think another thing that no one talked about is probably the term of the deal, because I'm assuming that they wanted to front load two years and then, you know, give themselves basically a zero cap hit out on year three and four. Yeah. You know, if, if you're doing a four year deal, I mean, he's going to be 27 this year. So year four, he's, you know, 31. So the last years he hits 30, you know, you, you assume he's going to touch the ball minimum 250 times both years that's 1500 carries he's had in his career plus the receptions you know plus whatever you know hits you get and the injuries that he's sustained it just doesn't make sense to sign a guy you know 
into his 30s at a running back position. I think the Giants, you know, are in perfect place right now to keep him for two years if they want to at, you know, what is essentially above the market value for running back if they really wanted to do that. But that being said, I think there's guys out there, you know. What about like, you know, I know Dan mentioned Kareem Hunt a few episodes ago. That's a good one. Leonard Fournette has, doesn't have a deal. These are guys you can get for nothing. Yeah. And they're going to be, they're going to have impact, you know. And frankly, if, you know, if say Saquon sits out and that's it, what they'll end up doing is they'll be, they'll see what they have in Eric Gray and Gary Brightwell, mm-hmm. and they'll sign someone for the back end of the, uh, the running back room. They won't sign anyone big and they're just going to roll with it because they'll save the money and just put it into something else and just be fine with it. I mean, I would understand where Saquon's coming from if, say, he had an incredible year last year where he showed he was better at pass blocking, he caught the ball a whole ton, and people didn't have to game plan around him. We basically, as a team, took him out of the equation because he was ineffective. Why the hell would we pay someone like that? If you're ineffective and know that like there, there are a lot of uh, weaknesses that that offense had, you're not really proving to anyone that you deserve to be in the, the Christian McCaffrey world of uh, contracts. It's just unrealistic and strange to me. And I get that he can't play like the, I know what it actually is. Like, I know, you know, I don't deserve all the money. Like, of course he's not going to do that, but the way he's acting, it's like, it's been an affront to him. It's like, that's kind of unfortunate. I, and it, it kind of looks delusional. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he has an idea in his head of, of what his career was supposed to look like. And I don't think it's ended up in a certain way. I think right now he's, you know, trying to, you know, get paid, which I don't blame anybody for doing in the NFL, especially at that position. But at the same time, you know, listen to your agents, man, and see what's out there. You have to look around the league. You can't just, you know, say this is a unique situation for me because I'm this guy on this team. And this is what I feel I mean to this team. This is a business, there's a there's a salary cap that the team needs to stay under. There's a whole system involved with involving dead money that can hinder a team in the future. And if you want to sit around and you know lie to yourself and say that you deserve more than you know the guy next to you who's you know just as good as you and maybe has less of an injury history than you do, it's tough. You know, it's tough to to if you're Joe Shane or, or any GM in the NFL to you know want to show out money at a position. Where it seems, you know, if you're the Chiefs, you just won the Super Bowl with a seventh round rookie, yeah. you know, who had success in Pacheco. And if you look around the league, there's plenty of guys, you know, Austin Eckler, I'll go back to him, was, was not drafted. I mean, there's talent all over the place in this position. So for Saquon and his representatives to be in this situation now, I think is real stupid of them. And I think they should have taken the first deal that they were offered before they ended up signing Daniel Jones. And that was the biggest mistake they made. I, I don't know who his, uh, his representation is off the top of my head, but I feel like uh, how did they not see this coming this way? And uh, I don't know. It just doesn't, it's unfortunate. It, it doesn't have to be like this. They are in totally back against the wall mode. They have no leverage. Um, especially that it, this team is rising. If we were still a really, really bad team, then he'd have a little bit of a of a pull. I feel like about you know screw this my my career is going to be coming to an end sooner than later as a running back. Get me out of here. Well, he doesn't want to get out of here because the team is finally decent, and it's he's seeing that it's going to be decent, and that's why he's going to be playing this fall and he's not going to sit out. In my opinion, I'd put money down on it. He'll be playing. He's just going to take the uh, the the extended uh, vacation, if you will, away from training camp. Although, like you said, he's going to be training very hard on his own. 
but everybody hates training camp. All those two and three days yeah. or whatever the hell they do, he doesn't want to go. So he's just going to look at it like, all right, I'll work on me. I'm sure he's got a great team around him that is going to keep him. I mean, he posts on social media more than now than I think he ever has to prove that he's like training hard and all this stuff. Interesting. I, I did see that he is training with some giants from time to time. Uh, oh, I'm pa- sure. I mean, pa- why not? Uh, Paris Campbell and him were doing some stuff a couple of weeks ago. I saw, which is that's cool for a, an incoming newer player to, uh, you know, friend it up with him. And and I I don't think anyone's mad at him on the team, like as his teammates. I don't think anyone could uh, think this is a a selfish situation. I feel like everybody's like, get the bag, get the bag, all that kind of stuff. But they're also very realistic too. They have it focused on. They see what the what what's going on here, and I'm sure Dable's driving it home. Like, listen, that's a business thing. We're going to be deal, dealing with who the hell is here and what we're going to game plan with who we have. Probably get you know Gray and and a lot of these newer guys up and running. It's only going to help them learn the the offense. That's great. I think. I mean, let's hope that the injuries are are minimal and. Um, a lot of these players learn a lot in his absence. And then he comes in and he's ready to go and he contributes and he's making a ton of money anyway. Like, I don't know, prove you can stay healthy this year and then get the bag somewhere else next year. Cause you're not going to get it here. That I can say that, that second year franchise tag, not going to happen. I, w- I would doubt that too, just because of what the price is. But let me ask you, Colin, being like the coach that Dable is and, and what, how you're describing him, do you think that Saquon doesn't come go to training camp? comes in week one is and is the starting running back of the New York Giants. That's that's an interesting question. I because I feel like Dable's like split down the middle when it comes to that kind of stuff. I feel like he won't be as extreme as a Tom Coughlin and be like, no, you're not playing for the first three games, basically, because that, you know, that's how he would have done things or did do things, depending on the player. But I I don't think he'll absolutely be thrown into the mix right in the way right away anyway too i think it's going to be a very sprinkled you know up his carries and his workload week to week and frankly i mean uh, yeah are they going to be sending him the playbook yeah probably he'll be studying it i would imagine that's that's okay right there's no rules against that because he's i think, he, ha- I think he has to sign the tender but i'm not have any sure. sort of involvement in the playbook I, you know I, I don't i don't know to be honest with you but yeah, they have a lot of strict rules in the NFL, so I wouldn't put it past the NFL to have you know some kind of rule like that. But. Well, that said, the offense hasn't changed that much. I think that they're going to open it up a little bit. It's going to be a little more uh, um, high flying, run and gun because Dable wants to open it up, and, and I think it's full kid, you know, kid gloves off for Jones. And uh, that's the only unfortunate thing that uh, the reps aren't going to be there, the uh, camaraderie and the um, you know working on the timing and all that chemistry stuff that happens in training camp, it's not going to be there uh, and hope that he's going to be somewhat ready to go when he comes in. And I'm just hoping that he is just an absolute, you know, icing on the cake kind of situation. And he doesn't get, uh, you know, he doesn't confuse things offensively. He doesn't like shake anything up in a bad way. He just kind of, slips right in and hopefully makes the team better by the time he starts playing. And if that's the case uh, that he's really not going to sit out all of training camp, then come in a week before and figure something out and get ready for that first game. Just sign the tender and show up, dude. Yeah. You're getting $10 million. Like they're not going to work more, on it. It's more money than a lot, a lot of people at running back are getting right now. Exactly. Save your money and, you know, 
you get get some more endorsements. <laughs> you live in New York. Maybe if you play. Yeah, I I don't know. It's been funny with the uh, you know the the aforementioned cesspool of Twitter and seeing how people have uh, been reacting to this. And the, the funniest are the people that are just like just so hammering like this is the wrong thing. Why wouldn't they re-sign the face of the franchise? And it's just like, what are you guys talking about? I'm just convinced anyone who thinks the Giants can't succeed with that Saquon is what people refer to as a casual, Colin, which is a yep. new new phrase that I uh, saw on Instagram the other day. And I was like, oh, that's describes a lot of Giants fans on Twitter. Well, it really it's, <laughs> it's funny. That's a That's a soccer term. That is a, a uh, an actual term to describe supporters of clubs. Uh, you know, you have the ultras, which are like yeah. the hooligans, and then you have the casuals who are just, yeah, I support them, whatever. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it's like people who like to hear themselves talk and, you know, just throw these things out there like, like we're the dumb people. It's like, I don't know, man. It's not 30 years ago anymore. It's That's just... exactly that. You know, it's like you still list, you still have all those things your dad told you in your head from when you were a kid about what the NFL is like, but you haven't paid attention to really what has the, the evolution of what the game has been, and that's especially over the saying. past decade. Yeah. My, my 72, 73-year-old father is aware that this is the NFL now. He's He knows that Saquon isn't worth what he thinks he's worth. And I wish more people would just kind of grow up with the times and realize it's just not the same game than it was when you had like the Emmett Smiths and, and LaDainian Tomlinson and stuff like that. You don't have that bell cow. You can't, you have to distribute that, uh, those funds elsewhere to be a competitive team in this league. I mean, it's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. That's what it comes down to. Speaking yeah, of know. which, I mean, we can segue a, a little away from uh giant stuff. If we want to talk quarterback stuff. Oh yeah. Um, Netflix, the QB. I, um, we both watched it. What, what what are your thoughts, Colin? I, 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 what my, my number one thing that I enjoyed of how it was set up was that they picked the best player in the league, someone who was like pretty good, and then someone who was like, you know, struggling to keep their job. So I think it kind of gave you a nice, you know, sort of broad spectrum of, of what, you know, people at different levels of position are kind of dealing with. So that was really what I liked. I mean, what what, what was your favorite, you know, kind of aspect of it? I mean, good on Peyton Manning for putting this together. He clearly put himself or surrounded himself with a team that knew, knew filmmaking, first off. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't even just, you know, the camera work or anything like that. But going into the stories of these three guys' lives, and, and for those who don't know, it's Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota of their respective teams um, who are, like you said, are, are at very, very different levels. Uh, I think it, it was fascinating to get to know these people a little bit, to be honest. I think that uh, the human element is what made it so interesting to me because, you know, the NFL and the sport in general is, is it's different in the fact that, yeah, you know what these guys look like. You sort of know uh, what their, their personalities are a little, or you have an assumptions too, but you know, the way that the, the sport is, is everyone's got the helmets and there's kind of like a mask and you like, you just, you dehumanize them because they're just football players. And this kind of opened it up and it, it, it made it very interesting for me. I mean, I, I didn't care at all about Kirk Cousins as a quarterback or as a person or anything like that prior to seeing the show. And I, I appreciate him a hell of a lot more now. I, I agree. Kirk was my favorite part of the show and the, his, the following him. And, you know, what I really loved is just like, <laughs> just, you know, 
he's just real honest. It's just like that you get hit, it hurts. This is what you have to do. And I, I think the whole process that is involved, you know, with, you know, going through what these guys do, especially, you know, some, when they get older, um, you know, Kirk has like any number of people coming to his house to stretch him out and deal with all of his never ending injuries, you know, just like gets up. He's like, why do they have to keep hitting me? You know? yeah. <laughs> that is, it, it resonates with you. Like you said, it, it's like, it's very human. Cause a lot of times you think of the QB and they pop right back up and you're like, Oh, that guy's really tough. And not to say that Kirk Cousins isn't tough, but you know, it, it just shows you that, you know, it does hurt. It does hurt. Well, and you you know, you kind of think about like all these guys, th- their lives, they must be insane. They have so many regimens. They have to see this person. They have to do that. But you never really think about it until you see the day in and day out. And even the the small things, like the stuff of, of just the family stuff of like, I mean, the fact that he said that a couple of years ago, he, he more or less told his coaches, I don't know if he started in Washington or if it was in uh, Minnesota, but he was just like, listen, guys. I'm sorry, but Tuesdays, I'm taking that off. That's a family day for me. And I, I, I like really appreciated that because I don't know. Yeah, they get paid millions of dollars and it's a very glamorous job and it's very hard on them too. And especially you think about the relationships that they have with their their wives and, and what have you and their families in general. It's like, you don't think about that kind of stuff. And it's cool to see that it's just like, no, I need Tuesdays for for my wife and I and, and my kids and and. You know, it's just what's going to keep me sane throughout the uh, the year. And, I mean, that's 16 games or more of just a, a grueling just march week in, week out. And, yeah, I, I think it was it was very cool to see uh, their journey as it went on. Uh, I did say at some point to Steph that I was just like, God damn it, none of these teams play the Giants yet. And then they finally get to the Vikings playoff game, which I was like, oh, good. At least we win this one. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, the, the one person that looked like a, like a damn fool and I don't care which, which way you put it is Marcus Mariota. I think, uh, he was very forthright and very cool. And, and like, I enjoyed seeing the possible redemption story and then him just getting benched and then leaving for a knee injury. It's, I don't know, guy, that's, that's, I don't know. I think that was very lame. I think, uh, he's on the Eagles now. He's not going to start ever again, and he's just going to kind of sail off into whatever sunset he has left. And it's I don't know, maybe he just doesn't have the uh, the mental toughness to be an NFL quarterback anymore. I just like how you know around <laughs> like the, the, the second toss episode, you just never saw him again. Yeah, he's like, oh, I went to uh, to Vegas because uh, my knee. Uh, yeah, my and oh, then the- and then you never they never they never show him again. <laughs> no, it's like, all right, well, there's nothing interesting about this guy anymore because he's just went to Vegas to work on his his ligaments, and it's just like, no, guy, you could have you could have stayed, you could have played, you could have been a leader, uh, uh, you could have helped out this young quarterback in in uh, Desmond Ritter who's who's up and coming and learning, and just be like, take the high road on it, you know, instead of being a a, a little baby boy. And, and just, like, hide in an injury. I don't know. Yeah. That was really lame. <laughs> and, you know, uh, the only thing I would say about Pat Mahomes is that I don't really think I would want to have a beer with him. Uh, he doesn't seem like my kind of guy. Well, you know, he's nice enough, but there's something about him that it's hard to put your finger on. It's like you're you're kind of a football robot or something. You know? Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he seems like a nice guy. You know, he definitely cares about his family. Mentions like his daughter constantly, obviously. And like his uh, wife is annoying as all hell. Though. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of her. She like she was acting for the camera a lot, which I yeah. find annoying. And like what's supposed to be a documentary. Uh, so I mean, I don't know. Just following him around was just like 
it's great to see how good you are because you know it's amazing. You could be the greatest quarterback in the NFL when but it's he's all not done. But no, not- he's not. He's not an interesting human being at all. He just, you know, it's nice that he got a funnier voice than I do because that's like helpful for me. So I appreciate that. But uh, but other than funny. that, I don't know. It, it's funny. Like prior to putting it on, I I could have told you I would have put money down saying that I would have been more interested in him than than Cousins, and it ended up being the other way around, which is kind of cool. I love Kirk. Yeah, I. You know what? I, I said this to to Steph as well when we were watching it. I was just like, is, "Is this guy not likable?" And she's like, "He's incredibly likable." I'm like, "Yeah." If the Giants aren't making in the playoffs or doing anything good, and the Vikings are in it, I'll I'll root for them. I'll root for him. Sure, sure. Why, why the hell? Yeah, not? I mean, they never won anything too, which is always a good factor for me to want to root for a team. That's like you know, a couple we always rooting for the Bengals when they're yeah. doing well because I really want them to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I root for the Detroit a lot too. They are always bad. The only bad team I won't root for is Cleveland. Yeah, I, I think Dan never could do it. Both of us Ugh, totally ruined it, it. I just you know, and then the whole Deshaun Watson thing puts a bad taste in my mouth, God. along with a whole Baker. lot of other people. Yeah, Baker Baker Mayfield. Oh man, it's 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 hilarious. I don't know. It, this know this the season's going to be crazy. I think it's going to be. I feel like I say that every season, but like I don't know. The storylines are starting to bubble up, and it's just like ah, uh, I don't know. It's going to start yeah. soon. We need it. What about, what do you think about DeAndre Hopkins going to the Titans? Um, very questionable move. I'm confused as well. Yeah. I mean, do, does he have any connections there at all? Well, here's my question. They traded AJ Brown because they didn't want to pay him. And then they paid DeAndre Hopkins. Should have they th- have just paid AJ Brown? That could just be an example of them feeling like, well, it may have just been a soured relationship that, and they needed to offer True, true. You know, I don't know. Uh, well, what the hell is, what's the, 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 the deal with the Titans right now? What is like. Will Levis, they had drafted him. Yeah, but like, is he an automatic start from week one kind of situation? I don't no? think so. I think Tannehill is still there. And he was hurt last year, correct? Yeah, they had um the other guy from Liberty, Malik Wilson, was it? Yeah, the guy uh, Dan uh, was super hot on, and you know he oh, doesn't look Malik great. Willis. Malik Willis, excuse me. Yes, thank you. Who they? I think they're trying to shop him, or, yeah. or if they did already. I don't know. It's don't know. Uh, uh, speaking of training camp coming up soon. Uh, I well, I have to figure it out, but it's possible my dad and I are going to go one of the days. Um, nice. It was a random got season ticket holder kind of situation. And I, I scooped up two for a random Sunday. I think it's like one of two or three weekend uh, practices that were available. And uh, I, I don't know if we have them. It, it, apparently they're supposed to be in our, our season ticket like account and they just couldn't find it. My, my stepmom couldn't find it yet. So I have to figure that out. It was yeah. free. I didn't spend a dime, so it's got to be there somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't been since they um, since they had it in Albany with me. I went with you and and uh, Kelly, Kelly, what's her name from uh, college? Uh, Kelly yeah. Donahue. Yes, yes. yes. I forget. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was what that was like. Two thousand eight. So it's been quite a while since I've gone to training camp. Wow, it's been that long, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I feel like in years past, recent years past, it's just never worked out. Uh, scheduling wise, and I'm not going to make either of the preseason games. So I figured, all right, I'll, maybe I'll go to one of the training camps so I can like make up for that kind of thing. Feel you so, on that. 
Yeah, first uh, first preseason game is the Lions on um, what is this August 11th? So we're better on the corner, man. Yeah, less than a month away before more football. Because right now, watching sports, I just can't get into baseball, and I, I like the big three basketball. That's what I've been watching. I forgot that which that isn't that great. Yeah, it's it's cool, but it's not like super good. Anything. Yeah, you know, I you see know. like a guy who's fully gray taking the ball out. You're like, oh, oh. no. Who? There's only one player who's fully gray. I forget his name, but he's the oldest guy in the league. But there's like some decent old NBA players in there. Mm. Joe Johnson's probably the best one. Oh, Joe! I Johnson. always loved him when he was on Brooklyn. Yeah, I, yeah. I've been seeing a couple games when he was playing. Wait, wait um, you're, you're you're not excited about Messi in Miami? That's a big deal. No, I don't care about. I know. I'm care. kidding. It is. It is pretty. It is big deal. But you know, in the in the world sport. Yeah, scene. the world sports scene. Yeah, is that what they're calling it nowadays? Uh, I just I figured it, it's just everybody outside of this country cares a lot, and some people here too. Yeah, some, some here and there. Some soccer people. All right, anything else tonight, Charles? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. There, there hasn't been a tremendous amount. Oh, they, I, I was trying to look it up. Uh, my dad was telling me. Apparently, we tried out the leading rusher from the XFL this past season. I don't know his name. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting, uh, running back-wise. Uh, I don't know. Bring him on. Yeah, I, I figured uh, they're, they're probably throwing out tryouts here and there. I don't body, know. Can't body. Go for it. Why not? I, I'm curious to see um, what kind of diamonds in the rough end up uh, showing up this, this training camp. Yeah, yeah that's well. always my favorite part, seeing whoever the, the next Victor Cruz is going to be, you know? We'll find out soon if it happens. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. You can follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow us at BBU Podboys with a Z on Twitter. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with uh, some more training camp stuff. See ya. Thanks. Have a good night. Bye.